Forgotten Flicks, episode 107, Cuffs, 1992. Are you trying to kill me? What are you so angry about? All I wanted to do was follow the Did guy. Did you see a crime being committed? Did you see a crime being committed? If we follow him, we will see a crime being committed. You are a patrol special. You don't go looking for a crime. If you happen to see a crime being committed, then you can take action. Otherwise, your job is to service those people who are stupid enough to hire you to protect them. And if I'm going to kill on this job, it's going to be by a bullet, not by a bus. I'll turn this car around and let's get back on your patrol. I have a limited vocabulary, Ted. Fuck you. This is Lance Hendrickson, and you're listening to Forgotten Flicks. Hello and welcome to Forgotten Flicks, the podcast where we're remembering and, in some cases, unfortunately watching. <laughs> the movies you grew up with. I am Joel and joined, <laughs> as always, by the lovely, effervescent, the Slater-like Jason. <clears throat> Just call me Mr. Reliable. That's what. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we will. So, of course, we are doing, this is the first episode of 2014, my good friend. Mm-hmm. The first episode. The, what is the opposite of penultimate? The <laughs> primary See, i used to think penultimate uh, meant like the ultimate ultimate and then i was no it's like the next to, next to like last next. i was like really why why <laughs> but i digress so yes this podcast is all about we we focus on what we say jay the the movies from the heyday of the vhs and video store era so that late 70s early 90s time period and today the first episode, the way we are launching 2014, oh, is with a doozy. Cuffs from 1992. <clears throat> now, I will say, uh, for the record, uh, if, if I may approach approach the bench, Your Honor. Um, uh, step forward. I, I will step forward. I may or may not uh, be willing to plead guilty to suggesting we do this particular movie. I may or may not be willing to admit that this may be the biggest raging case of C&D we've in fact had on the show from the point of view of, damn, I love that movie. Mr. Robinson, Mr. Robinson, considering your long list of Mm. transgressions Mm. uh, as it relates to making bad movie suggestions. Well, hold on. Wait a minute. uh, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think we have some evidence. Let me play the evidence real quick. Dude, let's just do it. You want this to be our next movie? I am serious as a heart attack. I'm being impulsive. I really want to. I really because I think this has so much potential. <laughs> so I throw myself on the mercy Guilty. of the court. <laughs> I am well, in fact you know, responsible for us choosing cuffs. It's funny though. Well, first of all, it takes two to tango, so I agreed to it. But um. It's funny because when you I mentioned cried, this to, to be me, fair, I was guilting you into it. You you did. I when you mentioned this, 
Um, it's one of those that I, I had vague memories of, like I sort of mm-hmm. remembered it was a cop movie. I remember Christian Slater was in it. Um, I, I could see the, the VHS cover for it, but I didn't have a whole lot of memory of it other than, Hey, you know, Christian Slater's pretty cool. I did, yeah. you know, it's a early nineties. And this uh, is his heyday. I mean, this is, pu- yeah. this is right after Heather's speak. Yep. Right after pump um, up the volume. I mean, this is his, you know, right before he did, what was it? Hard rain and broken arrow. Those classics. <laughs> I did. I love pump up the volume as I remembered it. I don't yeah. know if it's any good now, but um, this actually makes me call into question all of those movies. <laughs> so, <laughs> but so when you, when you suggest it, I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? It's, you know, it's very, very edge of the movies we cover. Uh, Cause we try and cover stuff. Well, what do we say? 20, 20 some odd years. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's in the, it's in the window. Anything that's yeah 20 I, years or older, uh, but uh, we, we so, try not to go past the late seventies, just from the perspective of, the video store idea, but right. Right. So, but this is the edge is 1992. So this is like peak, which by the way, Um, didn't make any sense because it's not like they didn't release old movies on VHS, but you get my point. Yes. Yes. It would never have been Um, on the new release aisle of a video store had it been like in 1972. (laughs) So first, before we get into this, yes, you have a trailer queued up for this. Oh, I do. It's uh, two minutes long. (laughs) So for the purposes of our show, it will play in its duration, but the purposes of Jason's and my sanity, we may uh, cut it short and then post it, make it out of it. But um, I, just to keep the flow going, I think I'll go ahead and hit play. What do you think? Oh, please do. Oh, I will. Uh, don't you <laughs> challenge me out. The patrol special is a private security force. An elite group of seasoned crime fighters. All right, all right. Everyone a professional. Except this one. Howdy. I never really saw myself as a cop. I'm more like the bad guys. Why are we doing so much running? Aren't we all going to be in cars? I'm looking for a really big gun that holds a lot of bullets. Move it! The first time you screw up, you're out of business. He's a kid. Right, I am not a kid. Calm down. Kid, kid, kid. Where'd you learn to shoot like that? Never shot a gun before in my life. Maybe this isn't so hard after all. Wait, 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 wait a minute, everybody. But we all decided we don't want you as our boss. We just have to take charge. Yeah, yeah, come in, 10 4. Just checking in, boss. Surprise the bad guys. Oh, we're gonna die, Sam! Oh, I scared you, didn't I? And send your girl flowers. And uh, what would you like the card to say? Dear Maya, it was great seeing you the other night. Love and kisses on all your pink parts. You're on to arrest. Lay down on the ground or something. He's not a patrol special. He's a screw-up. I've got women to do, places to see. Going down. I'm pregnant, George. It's Malvin! Christian Slater. Hey, the movie's called Cups. Trying to get out of my bathroom.
The following segment of Forgotten Flicks will contain information so pertinent to the film that, if you have not yet seen it, may ruin your viewing experience. So if you plan to see this film, please consider resuming the episode only after you've viewed the film, which you can find at... Netflix. Streaming! We now return you to Forgotten Flicks, already in progress. I got places to go and women to do and statutory rape charges to evade. <laughs> wow. And we still had to sit through that whole damn trailer. So thanks for that. Well, um, I figured you might have to pee pee. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the brief synopsis here. Are you ready? Yep. This is pretty much the story of George cuffs, who is a 21 year old screw up who wants to cruise through life. His brother is a, Tron. Uh, he's Tron. Uh, Bruce Boxleitner. Um, and it's a officer special. Uh, uh, Pers- yeah, personal police. I don't even. I, I, I was thinking, is this like a made up thing? Yeah. <laughs> I looked it up because mm-hmm. that's, uh, and I'll get into that in a minute. But he's a basically like a private, private police officer, private security officer for an area in, in San Francisco. And, he gets in the spoiler, minor spoiler, in the beginning of the movie, he gets killed and Christian Slater takes over his security police business. That's not a spoiler. Because yeah. that would imply you wouldn't see it coming from a mile away. Yes. If you've ever uh, seen a movie where they have to have a reason for the main character to stick around. I just leave it at that. There were lots and lots of big blue skies. Uh, in this movie, and not a lot of hiding places. So, really, I think everything you can see coming. Um, <laughs> so, well, it, um, it, unless, of course, you're standing, uh, you know, doing a Mexican standoff and a church bell rings. <laughs> but I digress. Wait, so, continue with your wait. synopsis, Jay. Okay. So, uh, along the way, he is uh, trying to get his brother's business going, um, and hijinks ensue because he is. I, like I said, a ne'er-do-well, um, but he's also trying to find his brother's killer and solve the plot of what's happening in his neighborhood. And these thugs are wrecking all of the neighborhood um, businesses and, and trying to chase them out. So he, he goes through that. And that's pretty much it. And, and you know, it's sort of the... In a nutshell. In a nutshell. It, it, tr- it tries to sort of be one of those, um, you know, you're not cut out to be a cop, but, it's a fish out of water story. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Beverly Hills Cop in a way. It's that you know you're not really a cop. There's a little bit of comedy, you're, but you you're try and make good. You're absolutely you right. Know? It's Beverly Hills Cop. If it wasn't funny, had really <laughs> piss poor action, <laughs> and Eddie Murphy wasn't in it. No, uh, yeah. That's Other true. than that, it's totally oh. Beverly Hills Cop. So let, 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 before we get into it, I'm going to cover a couple of people that were in it. We've oh, mentioned please do, already. Please do. Uh, Christian Slater, yes. his primary, yes. who was shirtless for half the movie, I think. Which Actually, is I believe why... my wife's exact comment was, so what is this whole thing, a commercial for Christian Slater's <laughs> chest? Because... <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Um, and it also stars uh, Leon Rippey, who is the bad guy, Kane. He's kind of the thug in this. You know this. what I knew him from? And the only thing I could place him... Uh, did you watch Under the Dome? The, I haven't watched it. Yeah, no. the Stephen King uh, series that should have yeah. been a yeah. mini series and not a whole series. Yeah, that one. He plays this 
this farmer that lives on the outskirts of town. So when the dome comes down, he controls a lot of the resources and he's, he, he basically uh, he was a D bag in that as well. So. Gotcha. Well, yeah, he's kind of a leader of the hoods, uh, the, the thugs in this. Um, did you catch, I didn't even see this and I had to go back and rewatch it after I saw the credits at the end of the movie. Um, cause I always like to watch the actual credits from the movie mm-hmm. because there's always something odd in there, especially the way that they, you know, the order they put them in or mm-hmm. some of the, the very, very beginning of the movie when the paint store is being robbed mm-hmm. and Bruce Boxleitner's character is there. By the way, by the way, I thought I thought red and yellow made orange. No, they make yellow with red blood dripping all oh, over okay. it. So, okay. yeah. Did you catch who the, the I didn't even catch it in the beginning, who the lady was, the wife that was of the paint store owner? No. It's Ashley Judd. Oh, you know what? <laughs> now that you say it, well, I, I, I saw her from a profile, and I, the, yeah. the, the, the thought crossed my mind. She kind of looks like Ashley Judd, but I didn't think it was her. <laughs> it was actually because you actually know what? I take her. for granted she's you know such a star now, right? But at that point, she was because there was a movie she did called Ruby in Paradise, right around the same time period, and mm. it was actually shot uh, in Florida by an indie filmmaker from Florida, and who did another movie with. Uh, uh, brain fart, brain fart. Peter Fonda, uh, Yuli's okay. Gold, and the filmmaker's name is escaping me, but he he's known in, in for doing those types of films and character gotcha. study type things. And she also did a movie right around that time with Luke Perry called Normal. Oh my gosh. Li- I think it was called Normal Life, dude. That uh. movie's like soft core. I mean, it's <laughs> you, oh, wow. you see you see a lot of Ashley's Judds if you get my wow, drink. yeah, yeah. So this was ninety two, yeah. She still wasn't, I mean, still wasn't no, gigantic definitely not. At, uh, bit parts. But anyway, she was in it. Of course, we mentioned Bruce Boxleitner of Tron yes. uh, fame. Yes. Uh, was, uh, played his uh, older brother, Brad, in the beginning. He wasn't a big part, long part, but uh, he was in it. And, but he um, was necessary to move the plot forward. He was. Which is he pretty much the only reason anything existed in this movie. <laughs> yep. Uh, Troy Evans um, and he played the detective, I guess, who was kind of the liaison between the police department and the only uh, thing I could think of with him. Special force. Yeah, the only thing I could think of with him is Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. I I looked and I said I know him from some like he really really looked familiar. I remember him from ER. He was on ER. Oh, I don't. I didn't watch ER that much. He was he was in ER. He played a doctor in that. So, um, but anyway, so uh, he was in it, and then of course, um, most of them were were lower level, I don't say lower level, um, actors, actresses, but there was one, I bet I know which one you're going to say. There was one in shorty shorts. Oh no, no, that's not the one. No, I, I'm surprised you hadn't mentioned. This is one of our, from, I think last year, or the year before she, she was one that ended up being a continuous presence in so many of our movies we did. Yeah. Remember, uh, I believe it was Mary Ellen Trainer, wasn't that the actress? She was in Monster Squad. She played the mom. Oh and- yes, no, I forgot about her. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, she was it. She kind of played a weird character in this. Yeah, I don't really like know she- what the point was, other than again, like so many other characters in this. Right. Know. Yeah. It was just she. She just had a weird, a weird part in it. But yeah, Mary Ellen Trainer, we've had in a lot of our other movies, including Goonies. She was the mom yep. of Goonies. And Die Hard. She was one of the yep. reporters. Yep. Yep. Anchors. Uh, so she was in it. No, I'm talking about the weird side story mm. kind of mm. body hotness. The chief's wife. Oh no, I was. I thought you you haven't mentioned Mia Jovovich yet. Are you, is that just because I'm the, getting to the her. restraining getting, order? Yes, yes. 
No, um, the, one of the stories that uh, George yes. Cuffs has to have an actual police officer with him while he's training, like yep. when he's learning the ropes. Mm-hmm. And the the his um, trainer is named Ted Burkowski, and he is in trouble. He's like on probation or whatever, and that's why he has to be with Cuffs because they all know he's a screw up. Well, he's on probation because he was sleeping with the chief's wife. Now, you know who that actor was, right? The, the guy. Uh, Ted uh, the, the actual of, guy? Yeah, who played Ted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony um, Golan. Yes, yes. He was in... Uh, I, hold on. I like my notes here. Well, one of them you should definitely know because he was a voice in something Disney-related. Oh, he was in Tarzan, yeah, wasn't he? he was Tarzan, yeah. He was the voice of no. Tarzan. No, no. What I remembered him from... Here's what I wrote down. What I remembered him from, he was from that god-awful, sorry excuse for a movie, Ghost. You know what? It may be the CND raging again, <laughs> but I like that movie. Yeah. Any movie that's got Whoopi Goldberg that. and Demi Moore kissing can't be all that bad. <laughs> I hate that part. <laughs> Why are you filled it's with not, hate? Why are you so because, hateful? No, listen, yeah, I'm not hateful. It's not because girls kiss or it's Whoopi Goldberg, any of that. That that part makes no goddamn sense. And it's just ridiculous. So anyway, yeah, he was the bad guy in that. But no, who I'm talking about uh, was the chief's wife, who we eventually get to meet briefly because then Ted moves in uh, with said lady. Oh, did she move in with him? She moves in with him. Which makes even less sense because I'm pretty confident his brownstone or whatever type of home that is in San Francisco yeah, would not be probably. on a police officer's side. No. I'm just going to throw that out there. No, uh, not at all, uh, for sure. Um, no, his girlfriend was Alexandra Paul. Why do from... I know her? I couldn't. Eh? Eh? Christine. I... Oh, that's, you know what it is too? I see her and I think Catherine, Catherine Mary, even though I know she's not, yes. but she yep. has a similar look to Catherine. I do Mary. the same yeah. thing. And she, she's, she looks very, very similar. And then she was also in that one that you and I talked about that I literally had to dig to find. It was that. Um, oh, bodybuilder yes, movie. Yes, yes, yes. The one that you uh, claim being exists. physical or whatever. Yeah, and it had the the blonde girl from Conan. Oh, that played yes, it. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Anyway, so she was in that too. But anyway, yeah, she's from Christine, so she has kind of a bit part. So a lot of weird bit parts in this uh, that, that came up. So, but I would also uh, like to point out Tony Goldwyn in my personal favorite Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. <laughs> he, as I recall, <laughs> takes a spear to the crotch. And is launched over Jason Voorhees' shoulder. Nice. And then his girlfriend is subsequently stabbed in the face with said spear. I'm not saying there's any Freudian phallic symbolism in that. None. I am None. just saying. She got the shaft. To the face. <laughs> to the face. Jason first shoved it in her boyfriend, then yeah. in her face. I'm just saying. I'm not saying it means Jason anything. Just saying that he was in part six. So. So, and then you, and then you, um, you played in the. The trailer, yes. there was a clip of when he was shooting gun for the first time and realizes he's a natural born phenom with a gun. Is this this is Cuffs you were referring to, the Christian Slater yes, character. Now. Yes, he is in fact more accurate than Dirty Harry, John <laughs> McClane, and the Terminator combined. But only only when he's in the target range, because the rest of the time he can't seem to hit shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, or when he's shooting through a closed elevator door 
And one for one can shoot out the cords of the elevator without no, even no, seeing. No, not cords. The steel cable. Steel. <laughs> Like that, the, I believe my note was WTF. <laughs> how, what kind of bullet would take out a steel cable in a single shot? Yeah. And um, elevators all have brakes on them. They have since like the 1920s or thirties because uh, of that exact same thing. He shot it so that it would fly down to the bottom floor and the bad guy would get hurt or whatever. But uh, that was ridiculous. So yeah. So oh, wait, wait, anyway, no, the guy, wait, Jason, that was ridiculous. <laughs> that that was one of the ridiculousnesses in this. So his gun instructor, the guy that came over and said, how, how you know, how long have you been shooting or his name is Don Davis. Mm-hmm. And he played the general in the TV series, Stargate SG one. Like oh, he was oh. in. Okay. Okay. I, those- I recognized him, but I couldn't play. Yeah. So I didn't watch that show, but I'm familiar with the, uh, that him in that role. I've seen images and whatnot. So yeah, I think he was also in, um, Another classic that we did, uh, Cliffhanger. Yes, a, I think you're right. Yeah, he always yeah. plays military types. Yes, like mm-hmm. he plays the end of the... the Again, the typecasting, you know what typecasting means? It means a man gets a paycheck on a regular basis, so... Probably say, has a much nicer house than we do, yeah, so... Yeah, I say more power to him. <laughs> All right, so I'm go- now I'm to the last celebrity in this movie. Mm. The last actor, actress, person... Uh, and that is the other person that is on the VHS cover, or movie poster, if you will... Mila Jovovich or, or in the police file. <laughs> yeah. That was put together. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked about her before. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was very in, attractive woman uh, who I might point ugly. out, I might point out is in fact, technically older than me and younger than you. Yes. I'm older than her. Uh, she is, was in a movie that as a kid, I had a crush on her. She was in night train to Kathmandu um, as like a teenager, but she's almost my age. So um, Yeah. So she's in this movie mm-hmm. as George Cuff's love interest. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, there's a long, I'm a, let me see my note here, uh, extended underwear dancing scene. Well, to be fair, he's in what appear to be some type of pajama bottoms, sans and shirt. No shirt. Yeah, no shirt. Um, she's in tidy whities and a very skimpy wife beater. And let's just say you can tell she's not wearing a bra. Yes. Uh, long, long opening scene. Really, it's just them dancing um, to Timbuk- Future So Bright. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. Timbuktu's The Future So Bright. Yep. I got it. Uh, and, and I made the note, why so long? But I'm not complaining. Um, uh-huh. So she, she wasn't ugly. No. And then, no, of course, in that very opening scene, she tells him, I'm pregnant. Which would indicate they had uh, premarital intercourse. Uh, and based on uh, George Cuff's Comments throughout the movie. Uh, my guess is he has intercourse with a lot of women, or at least he thinks and about it. And more than likely, over the six month period, probably yes, violated he said they were her for multiple six times. Months. Yep. Yes. Uh, and so there, there also a side story in this. We looked it up. Yeah, she looks like a woman in this. She does. She looks like a woman. She's she's a fine looking model actress. Yes, you know. indeed. And, uh, I mean, and one would assume, one would assume, mind you. She's with a guy who's supposed to be 21. In fact, I'm pretty sure Christian Slater was substantially older than that because he was one of those guys who was like 38 playing. Actually 18. young. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm um, pretty sure he was probably mid-20s at this point in his life. I, he's had to be. So, um, Let's see. Assuming he IMDb was, will cooperate. No, I'm, I'm 1969. He was born. So that would have made him 22, 20, 
21. He was right at the age they okay, played. 22, they cast 20, him okay, somewhere in there. All right. Okay. All right. Um, she, on the other hand, uh, Joel and I did some math. Well, she, uh, well, wait, hold on. Wait, wait, just to make sure. She was at least 18. Well, she was, she was in college. He said she was, she mm. was going to college and how's he going to support her, uh, with, you know, with no job or anything in the beginning. Right. So mm -hmm. she's in college, mm -hmm. um, living on her own. Apparently mm -hmm. it looked like, you know, oh, so she's like 19 or 20 then. Yeah. Right. Uh, it, she was. 16 years old. What? When they filmed this movie. The no. <laughs> suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, I feel like a dirty old man watching that opening underwear scene. Are you I, kidding me? Why am I still hitting the same one? <laughs> I don't know. Screwdriver. Hold on. Try it from me. There you go. <laughs> You're out of your mind. <laughs> She was 16. That just is not right. Uh, that is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> and you know, it's funny is we almost always complain about people who are playing teenagers, but they are really like 30. In this case, Far we're less complaining. bad than young, young girl playing much too old. <laughs> Pregnant. Uh, Half naked through most of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't even know how to process that because seriously. And <laughs> That is yeah, it was, it was, it was, Because yeah. I mean, we're not talking about she was, okay, she was, she turned 18 right when they started shooting. No, the chick was like 16 and a half when they're making this movie. Yep. When it came out, uh, she wasn't 17 yet or right at. Mm. Yeah. So, Good. uh, right. yeah. Anyway, so, um, had this movie, had this movie not had the unbelievably distracting bleeping out the F word scene, she would have been too young to go see it. Um, it was a PG 13. So I know, but I'm saying it wouldn't have been had that yep, scene not yep. had all of the, so, uh, let me, so let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. How did you watch it recently? In what, what manner did you watch Netflix it? streaming? Okay. So you saw it probably as the DVD was burned, not special edition or anything, just as it was, digitally converted for them to play. I did not right? see it as you did with your Blu-ray special edition of this movie. No, I did not have the special. <laughs> I watched it online as well. I rented it. Um, and I got to that part and I thought, cause I buy a lot of music also, mm -hmm. you know, on iTunes, when you can buy music in, sometimes there's an explicit version and a clean version, right? Yeah. Here's the thing. Movies don't operate that way unless okay. you're watching it on network TV. When this happened, I thought my first thought in my head was, did I accidentally buy the clean version? <laughs> What the hell was that? Which, which then immediately followed with thought, damn, how much better was that opening scene? Which then <laughs> after some investigation, after the movie was followed by, oh, dear God. Oh. <laughs> <coughs> that was wow. awful. That was terrible. Okay, so the whole thing is they're turning around. Yeah, it was and... the intro piece that I played at the beginning. Yeah. Yes, they, they're turning around and they almost get to an accident and he just goes on this tirade. And what were those... What were those pratfall sounds they were using well, to bleep was really them out? Bad. I'm, so did you watch it Netflix streaming or did you rent it through Amazon? I rented it through another rental site. Uh, that shall not be named. Yes, it should not be named. Because by rental, you mean download it. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. No, no. No download. Okay. I just, well, it was on Netflix. And, and to be fair, my initial, I actually played it back. Because I'm like, 
same thing as you. I didn't. I know they don't do that. There's no such thing right. as a clean version of a movie. There, there's director's cuts. There's different cuts. They do cut out parts of a movie to get a PG-13. I know all that. But typically, unless it's for network TV or a, you know edited for a plane, or it's a clean flicks thing, you know, right. it, it doesn't happen. So, oh. like you, I'm, I'm thinking. I don't recall this. And did they? I almost thought it was like one of those situations where. They redid the music for Married with Children, which we've discussed we can't get past, yeah. for the DVD and the or the streaming release. Well, I always thought, did they maybe do this after the fact? Right, right. But they then I'm like, there's, there's too many F-bombs here. This scene, maybe the scene was never in the theatrical. They put it in. I'm like, yes, coming up with all these rationalizations. Clip. Yeah. yeah. Did, and I thought, did I get some kind of weird... Uh-huh. Uh, the, the version that they put in this extra scene, because I know it's PG-13. I know going into it. Hold on. And, uh, I know. and, and just just real quick, Jay, I have a uh, real quick public service announcement to all future screenwriters that may be listening. <laughs> Here's a hint. Don't put a scene in your movie that's so unbelievably distracting and confusing that it forces people to either A, pause play back because they're not quite sure what the hell they're seeing and or hearing or they just turn to everybody around and go what in the <laughs> I got a better idea yeah uh, to all of you budding screenwriters don't write a whole movie of that because yeah. that's pretty much what this well, well, was and that, well, yeah, that was the other thing too <laughs> now, now I do want to add a little backstory here I had a bit of a man crush on Slater because I loved pump up the volume Maybe yeah, maybe yeah. it somehow you know was a, was a, a foretelling of my, of my of love of podcasting. I don't know. I pretty much wanted to be happy Harry Hart on. So yep. I love that movie. loved loved him in Heather's. I, I, I even liked him in Legend of Billie Jean. Okay, so I liked Christian Slater a lot. Yeah. I realize he was really hard trying to be a young Jack Nicholson, but there's worse people to imitate. Yep. So totally down with that. I remember seeing this movie. I think I saw it at the Havendale drive-in in Winter Haven. I think it was a drive-in movie. Mm-hmm. And I really remembered liking it. I also apparently <laughs> didn't remember how shitty my taste was in movies. <laughs> or rather how non-discriminatory I was in my taste in said movies. So I really went into this. Having this sense memory of it being, you know, I, I expected fluff, okay? Yeah. But I didn't expect rancid fluff. I didn't expect. Well, I, you know what it is? It was so wildly uneven and so unbelievably trite, and just everything happens in your life. All you, all, as you're watching the movie, you think, well, "Why wouldn't you? Je- why, why would you unhandcuff him to let him to go to the bathroom and not go with him?" Okay, so why when me... the bell tolls would you turn? <laughs> Both of you. Both of um, you as yes. if you were expecting something to happen. Well, what was that? What is that strange sound behind? Oh, and then because they got bad guys time. It's almost like they really got to the set and said, Okay, guys, here's a problem. In the script, you're we got this Mexican standoff, all right? We we gotta finish this movie. We got nothing <laughs> after this. Like we don't we how do we separate you guys out so we can have a shootout here? Yeah. It's always everybody's gonna, it's gonna be like the end of the wild bunch. I mean, everybody's just gonna die. <laughs> okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna separate a couple of things here one christian slater in this movie was typical christian slater like his acting wasn't bad no and that's uh, the thing is none of the acting was bad and i didn't think right so i didn't think any of that was what made it really bad and it was I think technically they did a, proficient 
Um, yep, I think the camera work was uh, uh, sufficient. I think yeah. it did good camera work. There were yeah. some interesting scenes. There was um, good effects in general. Uh, I think the a poor overall, man's Beverly Hills Cop theme that distracted the hell out of me. Yeah, the writing in this is, I think, what got me. I think oh. it was just that there was so, and maybe editing too. And I wanted to ask you about this. Yeah. There were so many scenes that I thought, you know, this is one of those scenes that I would typically think I would find when I buy the DVD and it shows deleted scenes and you watch it and think, yeah, I'm glad they cut that out. That doesn't make any damn sense whatsoever. But here, Jason. Except they left them all in. Yes, I was say, you're very right. And that's the problem. That probably makes up a good 35% of the movie. It, so, well, that's yeah. They thought, God, if we cut all that out, there's nothing This movie's going to be like 48 okay. minutes long. This so is... let me give you a couple. You ready? Mm-hmm. I made notes. First, what was up with that whole tattoo scene? When he and Mila Jovovich decide to go get tattoos and they don't even show them like literally. Oh, no, no. And then, he, and then wait a minute. Then he kissed. No, I don't have any tattoos. Jason does. Jason. Now I'm <laughs> assuming she did not get a shark to puss. Piranaconda on, on her entire back. But Likely. I'm assuming, yeah, let's just assume she got a cute little butterfly. That's still going to smell right. like a bitch. Yes, and Would you want somebody to peel back the bandage, even your betrothed, and smooch <laughs> on it yes. immediately after having it done? Oh, and when she, like, he says... Oh. How awesome would okay. it have been if you pulled back his face and just been covered in blood and ink? Oh, so nasty. <laughs> That's awesome. It's I would so love nasty. that. But, but she's like, he, you know, he wants to take, what do you want to do tonight? Anything you want to do. All right, let's do something we've never done. But wait, wait, was it this also after he's murdered? Well, not murdered. He was self-defense. After he killed a man in his apartment, right? Yes, he killed. Yes, that's correct. He we won't say who it is. We won't say who it is. But let's just say there's a huge shootout in his yep. apartment. And he ends up killing somebody. I mean, huge shootout. And, 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 and everywhere. And she shows up with her parents. And now they've been estranged at this point because, you know, he left her 16 and pregnant. <laughs> her well-to-do well parents, they show up. They obviously hate his guts anyway. Now, what I love is how they're waiting outside the door. He looks through the bullet holes in his door at them. And she just looks like she's kind of annoyed because he's not coming to the door fast enough. I'm like, no one. And they one, don't notice. No one they notices don't bullet holes. give a second look yeah. at the fact. It's not just bullet holes. It's multiple. It's an Uzi. He yeah. comes in with a machine gun. Yeah. The, this, the guy that he fights. So his entire... House is peppered with bullets, and the door has this strip across it. At least a dozen. At least. And the broken, and not one damn person that walks up to that door gives it a say. Like, oh, yeah, so they come in. in. Part of town. Yeah, they come Mm -hmm. in. They see this body. And then all of a sudden, it was almost as if it was a scene where he was. Strike this whole thing around. I almost feel like this movie was originally intended just to be a romantic comedy, and Slater came in and just had all these crazy ass script changes that he wanted. I'd really rather, I don't know, be a badass with a gun. It's like, well, okay, well no. Christian, Christian, <laughs> really, this movie is meant to be a, a love story. It's a romantic comedy because that whole scene almost felt like he was expecting the girlfriend and her parents to come over and any other romantic comedy is how it would have played. He's making them dinner. And then it yes. just it becomes all shenanigans and and just mess and chaos. he has like a dog like a mangy hooch like a Turner and hooch situation <laughs> and like the dog messes things up and the there's turkey everywhere and it's a big mess and so he tries to hide it and they come in and he's like wah, 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 wah. <laughs> but there's a corpse with bullet holes in it but that's the reaction of everybody like there's flour everywhere anyway they- <laughs> oh my god yeah that whole weird romantic comedy moment with a dead body. The whole, but then, and then, so after the whole corpse that, thing, 
That's when they go get the tattoos as if it's oh, then, a, she, then, then they're like, oh, that's all over with now. Let's go out and have dinner because the cops just let him go. And that's, you know, it's all fine. And so she's like, let's do something we've never done before. But the next shot is them standing like <laughs> they're like, OK, listen, we don't have enough money to actually shoot inside a tattoo parlor. So we're going to get a uh, shot of a neon sign so of one. And we're just going to have you guys stand outside tilt of down the away from it as you guys walk into frame. Uh and it's going to be like one of it, it reminded me of like what a what a high school kids video would be like. Yes. If they were filming the scene. Or, to say, oh, yeah, like a gorilla filmmaker situation where, where they where they have to like jump out of their van and get the right. shot. They can't put sticks down because they don't have permits. So right. they jump out in front of the tattoo shop before the cops show up. And okay, guys, just, just run up there and walk out like you just walked out. I'm going to tilt down. Gives you time to have walked out the door. All right. Perfect. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, and then they're like. Oh, I can't believe he got a tattoo. I can't believe it either. But they don't show it. He's but like, the only and thing then he looks up his have... sleeve and she's like, she's like, oh, that's so cute. Oh, yeah. and I'm like, what is it? What, what are you talking a, it's about? It's a little penis. Now, <laughs> the only thing better. never go back to it. <laughs> It was the most random, ridiculous. It's, it's a little cock and balls. <laughs> you know, the only the only thing would have been better is if they had sat there gone, oh, it's so cute. It's a little rosebud surrounded by unicorn. Like they just described it. Red, <laughs> right. red and blue and, and, and yellow hues. Or if they just said, I don't know. Do you think it's a little too much? Oh, uh, he'll think it's funny. And then they just never touch it again. Like that's it. Like yeah. that's, <laughs> they just leave it there. Yeah. It was, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Or, or, or better yet, if she if if he looks at her, she looks at him, he goes, and he goes, you think it's in bad taste? And she says, right. and, she, and she goes, yes. no, he's dead. He won't care. And then they just start laughing and walk out of frame. <laughs> okay, so my I'm going to kiss all, tell, is- tell her I miss you and I want to kiss all your pink parts. <laughs> that even becomes grosser and more sinister once you realize how old she is. <laughs> oh, my God. Kiss okay. all your pink so- parts. Another, another distract, another ridiculous, this moment that made no sense. And is like, what the hell? Okay. Um, dog howling, Christian Slater mumbling for an entire scene with his mouth tape. So they subtitle the entire scene. Like that's supposed to be funny. He's got his mouth taped with duct tape Uh and he's been tied up by the bad guys. And so he's talking to his drug dog that he just was given because we'll get to that second. Um, and the whole thing is subtitled. Like they, they keep, oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, well, that's, thank you. That's helpful because I want to know what he's saying. So don't well, take the tape off. Make him keep mumbling and showing me what he's saying. That's, <laughs> well, it's, and it's totally going to help distract you from the fact that they were in the back of a laundromat in the middle of some industrial complex where nobody else is around. And rather <laughs> just shooting him in the back of the head, they take the time for no apparent reason to set up a, a snively whiplash type ticking dynamite time bomb something the wily coyote would get from the acme company yes and it was like a random digital alarm clock attached to the top i mean it's literally like oh. stra- like it was it sticks of dynamite strapped together and for- it was they were they were a round it was the cluster of dynamite yeah, you it was see. like wily coyote had said hey guys you need something you want to yes. buy something i got something for you because <laughs> so rather than shooting the guy and just being done with it so like why would they need why would they like again again all you had to do was come up with a reason why they needed to destroy the laundromat he just maybe that was why they were there unless i missed something that was never set up nope it was all about all about the art that's all yeah okay so 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 introduced destroying evidence that's all they had to say we got to destroy the evidence yep um or they if they set it up like he had done like he had been the bad like he 
they tried to frame yes. Christian Slater's character yes. and they made it like he was going to kill himself or something. You something, know, other movies do it just anything. Like, yeah. So this brings up Ted, who comes in to save him. Anyway, is this the talking teddy bear? This is, is this, this is not the talking teddy bear. Um, it would have been funnier with a talking teddy bear. Okay. Um, no, this is Ted Bukowski, his uh, his cop buddy, who at this point has been completely fired from the police. No, uh, actually, force. no. At this point, he has not. Because hence why he's so upset with what happens to the chief's car. Oh, like he's on suspension or something. Yes. That's it. Suspension. suspension. Keep in mind. But, he, but but remember, but at this point he doesn't have a gun or anything because he says, no, I don't have a, oh, that's it. I don't have a gun because I'm on suspension. Yeah, he, wait, wait, but let's, let's make sure we, everyone understands this fully in case you haven't seen this movie in a long time. Because I'm sure everyone's seen this movie. <laughs> he's on suspension for diddling the chief's wife who left the chief and is now living with him. Yep. That's why he's on and so he, suspension. <laughs> So he takes, uh, he, he borrows the chief's wife, basically lets him borrow the chief's red Corvette. Which she has. <clears throat> which she has. Mm -hmm. And he pulls it up in front of the laundromat. And that's when, you know, he runs in to save Christian Slater at one point. And uh, they, he runs in, takes his time, and they show the clock. Uh -huh. Is this like, one of your editing questions? Because my immediate response was, wow, that's some good pacing. Yes, because it was like, Okay, it goes to like 39. No, no, he didn't go like, third. Dude, he walked in. It was like 17 or 18 seconds. Yes. Seconds, yeah. But he kind of like wanders in. <laughs> kinda, I'm like, hey. dude, you're going to die. You're, you're going yeah, to no die. Way you're and he out walks of over to Christian Slater, takes it off. And he's like, boom! And then instantly, they're both flying through the glass out onto the, the sidewalk as it blows up. And yeah. I'm like, how did they just like fly? I well, mean, no, I, well, not only did they fly, but apparently Ted's laser beam vision immediately cut cuffs loose <laughs> right right because he wasn't yeah he he was completely tied to a chair that he couldn't get yeah, out he, he was, he he was just, completely free jump now had what kills me about that whole thing is it's just it's a basic pacing thing like you could have had yeah. to get in there at like 30 like what you said 39 seconds right goes up rips tape right. off bomb turns right it's at 28 seconds Oh yeah, crap but to have uh, it, what am i gonna, to gonna it, do okay and then he's trying to get the ropes trying to get the ropes the dog's barking the dog's barking it's down 17, you know, 10, 9. All of a sudden, you get just out of see here. Him. Wait, you just see it. You get it. He grabs the, all of a sudden, you see the chair and cuffs go flying through the window. Right. I would have bought that. That would have been funny. That would have been good. good yeah, but it just, it did. But didn't. that's all they had to do. Uh, look, I'm not some genius. Okay. We're, not, we're not geniuses here, dude. If we could come <laughs> up with this standing in closets and. <sighs> <sighs> all right, last one. Last one. <laughs> <clears throat> I got a list, but I'm going to stick to my last one. We brought up Ted for a reason. Okay. So there's a major part of the story, well, not major part of the story, major, uh, uh, a sequence Yes. where Christian Slater's character is becoming a cop. So he's like a cop in training. He's gone to his first day of academy because mm -hmm. that makes you a cop already, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and he decides that he is going to drug Ted, his training officer, yes. to go after the bad guy himself. So he's going to put him to sleep. So where do you go when you need sleeping drugs? Narcotics to try division. You go to the narcotics division of the police department and you say, hey, I'm having some trouble sleeping since my brother died. Can you give me something for it? It was almost and they like just give you a handful of yeah. nondescript red pills. It was as if <laughs> it was as if as if the writers and the producers, nobody <laughs> had a clue what the narcotics division. They thought it was actually like a department in a department store. Like the pharmacy <laughs> at your local grocery <laughs> store. Pharmacy. And they thought that, oh, they're cottage division. That must be where you go to get pills. So, so he, they show the, okay, they show the scene with him pouring it into his coffee and he, and he 
talks to the camera, which uh, the last thing I want to talk about is the third wall thing. And, or fourth wall. Is it called a fourth wall? Yeah, fourth wall. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he talks to the camera and he says, so the detective said half the pill would knock a guy out for eight hours. But Ted's a big guy. So he throws an entire, like, handful. Yeah, like, he doesn't even open them. The first one he opened, the powder yeah, goes in. Yeah, he like, half yeah. one. That'll knock him out for eight hours. Then he just takes, like, all the pills as if they're just going to immediately dissolve. Well, not only that, he's going to freaking kill him. Yes. He doesn't even, like, he doesn't works. <laughs> yeah. And then when Ted actually drinks it later, that's they started to bond a little. He feels guilty. And he's like, oh, no, Ted, don't do that. Did I suddenly snap into a Looney Tunes? I know. Um, yeah. Ted, Ted's running upstairs in a subway, and all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> it's literally like, he goes, Oh, my, oh, my. Oh, oh. That last one I was, was waiting for the Auga. Yeah, that's come. what I've been trying to get to go the whole dang time, and I couldn't remember which one uh, it was. I was waiting for that in the movie, because oh. that's what it felt like, the yeah. whole, that whole sequence. And then, of course, then he's having these fits and spasms, and Ted uh, uh, cuffs, doesn't really care. And at the end, he's frothing at the mouth. <laughs> Literally. Catatonic. <laughs> yeah. And he just leaves him, he's, oh, he's going to sit and watch the radio. I'm like, he's going to, you're killing him, he's going to well, die. And, and, and you know what? Lest our, lest our listeners, if especially those new ones, think that all we do is you know bag on a movie, we always try to find positives. And I will say this: I am going to step up here, all, all across right. the board, but definitely with the supporting cast. I give these folks props for doing the absolute best they could do because, like Tony Goldwyn, he committed. Yeah, to the abject did. stupidity of did. that moment, and he didn't. I mean, I gotta imagine. Just picture that scene, like. The director, because the way he played it, you could tell somebody told him that there's going to be these goofy ass sound effects yeah. <laughs> because it's so over the whole thing's so over the top, but it it's not a, because of him. Like you don't get the vibe. It's because he's no. battering. Like he was directed to do that. Right. And it was, did it. it was a three stooges curly moment. Like, well, yeah. Like, like when they drink something. The, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, exactly. Yes. Like when they drink, like turpentine or, or yeah, something and they, have that, and they have that smoke coming out of their mouth and yes. ears and yeah that's it yeah. felt like it's just so out of place um and and then he just kind of leaves him to die so yeah um so anyway that brings up that whole fourth wall concept which this this movie that's that's a big part of this whole thing is that christian slater talks to the camera throughout mm -hmm. uh very, it's very ferris, much very ferris bueller Yes, very much Ferris Bueller. I know at the time it was, you know, a thing and they they, um, they made it so that it was trying to be funny. This It just did not fit for me or work for me much throughout. But there was a bigger point to me is uh, when you do that, you're supposed to make the character talking to the camera be at least likable enough that he's trying to be your buddy and let you in on what's going on. Yes. Right. Yes. Ferris Bueller worked perfectly. Of course. Because you get his thoughts. He's a nice guy. And you know, at that point, he is, in fact, Cameron's id talking to right. us yes uh cuffs in this is pretty much just a douchebag well, yeah, like the it, first thing he tells us you don't think i'm too much of a jerk but i'm gonna leave her pregnant ass <laughs> dude and the whole time like every time that stuff happens he's just he, he just makes it worse he is an absolute douche and he does not redeem himself no he really doesn't like, 
No, and at one point, like, they're calling him on the radio. He's in the car, and they, they call him this. Detention is set up that he sees the bad guy. He sees the guy that killed his brother, and he knows he has to go after him or he's going to lose him. But they're calling him on the radio. Hey, there's somebody suicidal that's going to jump off a building. We have a jumper at one of our clients. You have to go help him, help. And he doesn't care. And by the time he gets there, he actually tells the guy to jump. The guy actually jumps, and then when he talks to the camera later— he doesn't has no remorse. Well, no. to be fair, and he for says, no for so, no explicable reason, the guy didn't actually jump. He comes out. He he's going to come back. You know, he's going to act like he's going to come back in the window and pulls a gun, a gun. and shoots and, it Slater, which ba- grazes him, I guess. And then yeah. he that that seemed to knock him backward. I mean, I guess he kind of no, fell back no, on his own. Yeah, no, he didn't fall. He shot Christian Slater, and then he looks at him and he puts his hands up and just does a backward swan dive. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, and and so the explanation was, oh, uh, he. Afterwards, as he's talking to the camera, Christian Slater's character is, uh, he said, yeah, the guy that jumped, he was a writer. Mm. And that was it. it almost, almost as if that was like the last what? scene. Wait, no, you know what that was? That was the last scene they shot because they shot everything out of sequence. That's the last scene they shot. And they realized how unbelievably bad the script was at that point. They had to get one jab in. <laughs> <laughs> that was a message. He was a screenwriter. Yeah. He was a screenwriter. Um, so anyway, that it was just. <laughs> the fourth wall thing just did not work for me in uh in this and christian slater's good at that because he's kind of that cute faced you know he 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 and he kind of fits mm-hmm. but the character did not and throughout the movie because there were so many serious parts to the movie that really felt odd you know? i will say this i just looked up one of the writers mr evans bruce evans yeah he was also the director, right? Bruce Evans directed it. Oh, did he direct this? I didn't. I, I hadn't even bothered to look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I looked up the director. I, uh, I actually wonder to what degree, because you, you you made the comment off offline that mm-hmm. that, and I don't even, I don't even know if it was in relation to this, but you made a comment in regards to the idea that the script may have started off in one place and you know may have been good, and then they subsequently right. butchered it well Other i would say there's too many in. yeah but there's too many plot contrivances for that to be the case i think that that there was just too much of the ultra convenient the only way we can move the story forward is to have a character do something just inanely stupid like a church bell rings during a mexican standoff with all the bad guys and only two guys and our two heroes look back at the church in, in the middle of a city in, it, it's not like they're out yeah. On a ranchero somewhere. Or like that was a quiet. signal that they had established with another character that was going to indicate something else happening, which would then make sense. No. Nothing. So, no. but but that had, had several, but here's the thing. I just looked at uh, Bruce Evans. I looked him up. He wrote Stand By Me. No, not, not uh, it, the screenplay. He was one of the screenplay writers. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And Starman, which I know you're not as big a fan of as I am, but I like it. So now he also did Cutthroat Island. Mm-hmm. <laughs> jungle to Jungle. Mm-hmm. but he has a couple of good ones in there. Now, the other guy, oh. thanks to uh, our wonderful IMDb, which is not working this evening uh, correctly, I cannot, Mr. Uh, Reynold Gideon? Yeah. It's not coming up for him. Uh-huh. Uh, I got That's what she said. <laughs> but, uh, so my point is, is like... <sighs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. It seemed like a lot of pieces felt very much tacked on, mm-hmm. or they were so out of the rhythm that it would not be out of the realm 
of possibility in my mind to, to uh, feel like someone had come in and just added stuff. Now, some of it was kind of contrived, but some of it just felt like it made no sense adding it in and these little bits and pieces here and there. So yeah. I don't know what it was, but um, and it wasn't, you know, we're having fun poking fun at it. It wasn't a horrific movie. It wasn't one of those that, oh, my God, but it just was. But good. you know what? That's the problem that these yeah. these that's I actually I almost never do this under Netflix. I put hated it. And really? Yeah, yeah, and so obviously yeah. I'm running the cat out of the bag. Obviously, I would give it a one star, and, and or one one VHS tape. One, yeah, one one VHS. Yeah, one day rental. Well, one day it was rental. Same that, day. You're taking it back. Same day. Yeah. Well, I am now as a kid, which I think this really, really speaks to the moral void <laughs> that, that yeah, the, yeah, the moral <laughs> turpitude that 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 was my teenage years because I. Again, my sense memory was I found the whole thing about him talking to the camera that I found it charming and funny yeah. as, a, as a teenager, as a, as a grown man pushing 40, I found it sleazy and just obnoxious, like you said, and just, there was nothing yeah. redeeming or likable. And, and it wasn't it wasn't just the fact that he talked about, you know, it was just sexually charged or he was playing that, you know, sex comedy romance character. It was just a jerk <laughs> yeah yeah there was exactly it wasn't like and i don't know a different i don't know if a different actor could have played that know. better like somebody who's like, like a matthew i think a matthew broderick because only because he could do certain lines like that no no let me, no. Let me explain why because no. i think there's some people like a tom hanks like there's they have a face and we have a history with them to the point where they're just there's something very, very likable. Christian Slater might be the coolest guy in real life. I have no idea. But typically, his characters have a real edge to them and have attitude and, and are not always the most likable Yeah. on the on the face of it. They, you know. So, I just don't... I think... I don't know if that was part of the problem. Now, it doesn't help that right off the bat, the first thing this guy is going to let us in on is that right. he's going to dump <laughs> this poor girl that he got pregnant. He's only been with six months. And it wasn't like when he says that, it's not like he says it with a depressed tone or he says it like, he's like, no, I got, really I got places to go. She, she's really to better do. off without me. Yeah. He's like, he, he, no, man, I ain't sticking around. She's got a kid. That piece of ass is done. I'm moving on. Well, then, 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 <laughs> and then it was well, the worst to make, it, to make matters worse. Then he follows it up with this rationalization. Besides it's for the best. I'd be horrible. Right. I'd be a horrible father. It's snarky. And yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> No, it wouldn't. That wouldn't work. But I so. think go to your point. Back to your point. You're right. It's not a horrible movie. I meaning that it's technically in most yep. ways. I mean, it's it. The it, actors are all competent. Yes. The, you know, the storyline is is pretty uh, typical, uh, um, formulaic. But it wasn't horribly executed. It's just that it felt like a lot of the writing was really it, it, off. It did, I have determined the thing. If people say, "Well, like, well what do you consider a bad movie?" I don't really even feel like it's point there's a point in having this discussion in regards to the sharknadoes of the world because no. a lot of those are intentionally bad and the ones that aren't i like the troll twos of the world i can say well you know what the filmmakers had their heart in the right place and yep. it's so over the top and out there that you just have to like it for that but a movie like this that was trying to it's more mainstream everybody behind it is a competent professional i'm assuming they spend a decent amount of bank on it it's i really come down on when you do things that are so wildly stupid that you're treating we the audience like morons, like we're not going to notice these certain 
things, that's when I, I shut down. So like Blair Witch 2, we've talked about, I, I walked out yeah, yeah. at that because of the same thing. It wasn't, I was like, I, what, what offends me simply is that you think we are so stupid that we're not going to notice that, that, yeah. and I, so many times this movie, I, I just look and half the time. My wife wasn't even there, but I would just, almost as if she was, I just look and say, why would you do that? <laughs> who, yeah. who would do that? Like the cops, like the cops upstairs giving him drugs and then later a drug dog and yeah. a gun or, 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 or towards the end when they, the only way they can, I guess, do the, you know, the dark before the, the dawn moment, they've got him, they've got it. The main bad guys got him. Oh boy. He proves, which doesn't really, uh, proves that cuffs never went graduated high school, which is a requisite to being whatever he is. And That's because because the police academy would never check something like yeah, that. Yeah, of course not. Just they take would, your word for it. Totally take your word for it. And then if you think about it right then, does he even really show him any evidence? He just says he found out and comes like, well, he's like pretty much, you got me. Well, he did. He said, you know what I've got in my hand? It's transcript from. Oh, like, says who? Yeah. And then, and then, so it's a he said, he said situation still at that point. So then there's no, other. No, he has the transcript from the high school, he said. Well. The bad guy. Uh, I, I, uh. Yeah, well, Sam, but right. he never showed it to him. I guess is my point. Oh no, no, he just got it. And how, okay, and, okay. Then, all right, then, then that brings up another question. Um, pretty confident that's confidential, and they don't hand out your transcript to that's some it. rich guy who just comes <laughs> by and goes, uh, "I need to prove that." Now the police academy had called. Okay, right, but they, they're not going to give it to that guy. Yeah. Or anybody connected to him. So there's Wait. that. But let's just go with it. Let's say he did. Well, then the other cop arrests him. Why? What? It's an arrestable offense. They're going to put handcuffs on him because he lied on an application. Right. Yeah. And, and you could tell the guy, oh, I feel bad about doing this, George. So then he takes him. I got to take you to jail. I got to take you to jail for this. So, yeah. so then so then they're down to the progress. He goes, I really got to go. Can I just go before you take? Which I'm pretty confident there's a crapper in the jail cell. So I don't get what that was. <laughs> but he says, he goes, Okay, George, I really, I don't know. He even says, I don't know why I'm, it was, you know what it was? Talk about breaking the fourth wall. It was literally like this fictitious character had this self-aware moment where he realized the writers were writing something so inanely stupid for him to do. It's almost like, I can't control my own hands. Why am I letting you go? I don't know why I'm doing this. And it's like the next sentence you expect him to say was, I know you're just going to run away, but I can't help it. <laughs> but I, and, but yet my feet are frozen in place and I cannot <laughs> stop you. And, and then he says, you got one minute. It's number two. Oh, Come on, oh, man. Right. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> gosh. He got me there. And then he they just lets him go. Why wouldn't you walk with him? But he stays right. He stays out in the parking garage and lets him go into the building alone to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and shock of shocks, he runs away. <laughs> A guy that has got this reputation as a loose cannon. Yeah. And this really makes the script choices in so many other movies. Well, but, you know, at the end of the day, we've, ta we've talked about this a lot. The difference between a good movie and a bad movie is, does it entertain you? Yeah, no, this just annoyed me. And this, this didn't. The, right. It bugged me. And there were so many parts that I thought... Well, you just told me there was a shotgun in the corner of the room, but then you did nothing with it for the rest of the story. You know, the old adage of if you mention a shotgun mm -hmm. in a novel, you have to use it later. They, they did that a lot, and then just never touched it. And so much of the story may, did that same type of thing. Yeah. Um, it just didn't make sense. So I, I would have to agree with you. I Watching this now, um, 
I would probably give it a one, yeah, maybe a two. And the only reason to give it a two is because I'm pretty um, confrontational averse, and I wouldn't want to go back to the video store. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's a good point. I probably would give it a two as well for that same reason. I would have waited for the next day just so I could just drop in the slot. But I, I would have to um, say, I, I actually, I will actually. No, I still got to give it a one because no, I, yeah. just, I just didn't like it. No, Christian Slater's cool and all, and he's a cool guy or, or character at least. I don't know him personally, but uh, he's a cool caricature. But and and Mil Jovovich is hot, but yeah, which not in this yeah. movie, of course, because she was way underage. <laughs> yes, in this movie she was hot because when this movie was out, I was in fact seventeen or eighteen. So, so is that, does that make it okay? Yeah, yeah. Quick, quick sidebar. Does that make it okay like, if you? What, like, like if you look back, like, like, like for instance, I had the major league hots for Alyssa Milano when she was in Who's the Boss. Yes. When okay, so oh, you and, were her age, and although I was gonna say Embrace of the Vampire when when she when she showed her goodies, but technically she would have been of age then, so that's kind of beside the point. But let's just say hypothetically, so I totally she was older than me. And well, it depends. I'd say that depends. Well, because they'll see. So say she was seventeen, and. And she was way older than me at the time. I had the hots for her. And then she's in something, which I can't think, come up with anything because I've seen some episodes of Who the Boss. Who's yeah, the yeah. Boss. She looks way too young in my mind yeah, now. So, yeah. but, well, in the, in the later episodes, uh, she was like grown. So yeah, the very yeah. first But again, she, she was probably of age at that point. So, so yeah, let's probably. just say hypothetically, so she was in something and, or like the Mia your Jovovich thing. So she's technically older than me. And at the time I probably thought it was nice, you know, to look at for sure. Yeah. Is it so? What does, does it, it matter? If, if, yeah, yeah, like would does it, it matter be, if the real the person's real age, or does it matter the age the person is playing? I think it probably would matter. No, what I'm getting at is, I think it matters the 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 time period in which you're viewing it, and they were then. Meaning that if you see a picture of your wife when she's 12 and you're turned on, that's probably something <laughs> wrong with that. <laughs> yes, technically it's your wife. It's someone that. <laughs> theoretically you have relations with theoretically on a regular basis. But I'm saying if you're seeing pictures of her at like 10, 11, 12, 13, even 16, 15, 16. And you're like, yeah, I'm just thinking, am I wrong? thinking there's something wrong with that. But yeah, at the same time, what if you started dating that age? I started dating my wife when we were 17. So like, if I look at pictures of her at 17, See what I'm saying? Like this creates a whole conundrum. Well, would that be the same as looking at like a picture of Betty White when she was like 20 and saying, "Dang, no, because she's, she's 20." But knowing, <laughs> but knowing that she's like 90 now and not no, hot, that's the reverse. No, no, and who knows? Maybe you're into the 90 thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's totally legal. There's no laws against it as long as she's got yeah, her, as long as she's got her sensibilities about her. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Going to hell. Oh, in a handbasket. Speaking of, you you ever watch Golden Girls like as an adult? That is a dirty show. Oh, yeah, it is. I remember when it. I don't remember it being that dirty as a kid. I remember my grandmother liked that show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. And and we watched, and I, and I do, and I enjoy it. Really uncomfortable watching it with her because they make so many. I didn't get it then. I didn't get a lot of those jokes. I mean, I knew Rook McClanahan was the you know neighborhood mattress but beyond right, right. that i didn't know her character i should say uh but i didn't know i didn't get a lot of the jokes i don't think so yeah. but now as an adult you go back you're like oh man 
Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. and, and I still have my, I found it the other day. I have my Mad Magazine issue from 1986, I believe it is, with Golden Girls in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. That's a classic. <laughs> More Drucker. Oh, it's good stuff. So, anyway, my friend, so what is your final rating? You say a two because you'd be too much of a wuss to bring it back. I'd say at this point, I would bring it back. If I, I have to add two two ratings. I say it would have been a two, probably, if, actually, if I'm being honest, in a teenager, it would have been a three. Now it's totally a one. Yeah, this is so. This is a total case of CND. Oh, raging! This is probably my this biggest, is probably the case worst case you've ever had. I have personally okay. ever had on the show because I swear to you, I went in to think, okay, it ain't gonna be great, but I just couldn't, I couldn't fathom how I had not realized how awful, like garbage yeah. kids. I knew would be. I, I knew it would be. This I didn't think would be like this. Yeah. I don't know. No, I didn't either. I I would have even liked if it was ridiculously cheesy, like. What was the uh, taxi cab? The one we did with um, DC cab. The yes. one with yeah, but that Mr. was at least again. You said entertaining uh, in parts. At least entertaining because yeah. it had that was what it was meant to be. But no, this this is kind of blah. Yeah. So I'd, I'd agree with a one, but I just drop it in the box and run. <laughs> <laughs> Keep my money. I don't care. <laughs> All right, my friend, you ready to jump to our movie picks and uh, yes. roll through those bad boys pretty quick? Yes. All right. What is your pick? <laughs> All right. So you mentioned Leon Rippey. He played the the bad guy, the, the um, lead thug in this. Yes. And you mentioned you knew him from Under the, Under Dome. the Dome. Yep. Um, I actually remember him from a more recent movie. Well, no, not more recent than Cuffs, uh, but older than Under the Dome from 2002. He was in Eight-Legged Freaks. Oh, I love that movie. Now, I love this movie, and I swear, every time I go to watch and I like flip it through or I'm looking, I, I think of the movie Arachnophobia. Oh, yeah. For some reason, I th I always felt like it should have been this. Because Arachnophobia had John Goodman in it. Yeah, Arachnophobia and I thought, had a few moments like Alien Freaks, but Arachnophobia was more serious in parts. Yes, it was actually I, trying to be scary. I wish it wasn't, but Eight-Legged Freaks is this ridiculous, over-the-top... I loved Eight-Legged uh, Freaks. See, I loved it. Eight-Legged Freaks, a lot of people would say, oh, that's a dumb, bad movie. No, because it's entertaining as hell, and they it know is. what they're doing, and they, they know how goofy the whole thing is, they just have fun with it. And it works, and the the, the spiders are well done. It's supposed to be kind of a... Not a spoof, it's supposed to be kind of like a, a 1950s yes. sci-fi movie, is what that, they wait, made it to be like. God, why can't and that movie be 20 years old? I would love to do that movie. I know, I know. 2002, David Arquette starred in it, but Leon Rippey plays uh, the mayor of the oh, town. Oh, okay. Um, and he's kind of this crazy guy, and and he's uh, at the town meeting, and you know everything goes to shit in the handbasket, for lack of a better term. Nothing worse than in your handbasket, by the way. It goes to shit. Yeah, it's terrible. So, um, but I remember really liking it. It hasn't been that long since I've seen it. Maybe two years or so. Actually, I haven't seen it. I saw it when it came out, and maybe once or maybe twice since then. But it's been a long time. I haven't seen that thing in push it. And, and as one of the um, unsung, I think probably uh, not unsung, but uh, underrated uh, comedic geniuses in uh, Dougie Doug. Mm. I, think, I think he is good. I like Dougie Doug. And he's kind of funny in the stuff he's in. You know, of course, he's in Cool Runnings, uh, which was funny, too. But, and, and the uh, remake of That Darn Cat. Oh, I never saw that. <laughs> oh, wow. A, a Disney joint you did not see. I'm impressed. Uh, so uh, 2002 eight-legged freaks um with leon rippy so. yes excellent excellent choice i like that choice have you seen the trailer for big ass spider no oh you haven't oh man i meant to mention that to you a while back i think it's on 
instant now. I'm pretty. I don't think. I don't know if it's on. It's on Netflix. I think it's Amazon. Really? Yeah. Big S. No, big ass. Big 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 ass ass spider, and it stars. Oh, I never remember his name. The guy was on Felicity. He played the pilot and lost at the beginning. Heavyset guy, Greg. Oh my God, Michael. Um, uh, he was in Heroes. Yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. I, I've tried. Uh, to, that, I've tried to block that show out ever since the second season. Uh, but yes, he was. He was on Heroes. Uh, yeah, and Michael yeah. In, in Heroes. I yes. remember his name. Yeah. So he, yeah, great actor. He. It looks hilarious. I mean, he, he ends up. Have a, he's an exterminator who gets hired. It's literally just this big. It has a sci-fi movie quality, but uh, like more like Eight-Legged Freaks uh, quality of writing, like tremors. Yeah, more in that vein. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I want to see it. I think it looks good. Oh, I've put that on my list. Yep, yep. So, yes, Brilliant. excellent pick, my friend. Well, I'm gonna. Our, we've already mentioned mine. I pretty much an excuse to say pump up the volume, and I know it could be C and D, and eventually we got to do it. I'm almost scared to now. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> So pump up the volume. It was 1990, so a couple years before Cuffs, and Christian Slater plays this very introverted young man at a high school in Arizona, I believe. And I'm having to completely do this off the cuff. <laughs> I've been wanting, waiting to use that one all day. Uh, 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 no. <laughs> so he is in Arizona, very introverted young man. Well, by night, however, he becomes HHH, Happy Harry Hardon. The pirate radio DJ who is riling up the youngsters, who is questioning the man. He's sort of a, a, a very, a prepubescent Eric Bogosian in talk radio, as it were. He, he is very you know, subversive and he's questioning everything they're doing. And he does things like one of my favorite scenes that I remember is he calls up the guidance counselor who in typical self-righteous public educator bureaucrat mm-hmm. demeanor is is all full of himself and and so harry calls this guy up and it claims to be like a regular radio host and starts questioning him about different things he goes you know <laughs> so full of himself a, a little bit like uh the uh why am i brain farting around the name but what about bob richard dreyfus's character oh dr. yeah uh, yeah dr getz no that's leo Leo gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Leo what? <laughs> Leo, Leo Marvin. Gets. Marvin, right? Yes. Dr. Marvin. Yes, yes Dr. Dr. Marvin. Yes. So, so, actually, a mutual friend of ours worked as a PA on that movie. I have to say that story later. Gene. Ah. He worked as a PA on What About Bob? Yeah. So really? Yes. Found out yeah. recently. Yeah. So, anywho, he has that vibe. The guidance counselor acts like Leo Marvin a bit. And yeah very full of himself. And then of course, Harry sets him up to look like a bozo. It's definitely a, you know, against the man, the teenagers rebelling kind of movie. And as a teenager, I freaking loved it. But again, as an almost 40 year old man, I'm really worried. I'd rather keep my memory pure of that movie. (laughs) Don't watch it. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm afraid. I do remember as a, as a kid liking it. And I remember the whole idea of, you know, it's, it's basically teenage rebellion Mm -hmm. uh, on the airwaves. It's like rebel without a cause, but with pirate radio. But I look back on it and I think, yeah, but all the cops are coming after him because he's pirating a radio. Like he's the FCC. There would be, there's a federal case. Yeah. Yeah, no, they would. They would if you were getting away. And he because he was, he was also right. Because remember, they were all ga- all the kids were gathering and they were really riling them up. Now, Annie Ross, Maybe. who played the principal, I believe it was. Yeah, and she was in Basket Case uh, Two and Three. 
Nice. Uh, and uh, something else that, oh, Christ, what was the other thing she was in that I think we talked about? So could, could you talk about Pump Up the Volume for one second? I'm going to see if NMDB will be friendly with me here. Well, she was in um, Superman 3. Yes, Superman 3. That like was what the, I was trying uh, I knew it was something we had covered she was bad in. Bad sister, whatever. Yes. That it becomes, becomes the cyborg, cyborg thing. Yep. That was the best Superman of all. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was, was it better than 4? It was It was. Much she was in better. Throw Mama from the Train. I don't remember her in that. No, I don't know that. No. I don't remember. Interesting. Mm. She's been in a lot of good movies, but Basket Case 2 and 3, buddy. Yeah. Uh, nice. No. We got to do that whole trilogy. I ought to make you sit through that whole... You'll probably like it, though. Probably. Uh, yeah. No. So, But I, I want to see it again just to see if it holds up. I'll let you see it. And you used to look at me and go, and I'll just tell you, you either give me like the thumbs up and like the nod, like, oh yeah, but like the Mentos commercial, grimace. or you just give me the face and just shake, just slowly. <laughs> or no, you start off with your head, like you're going to smile and smile and shake your head like, yes. And then you, and then you just like, your, 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 your smile drops and you just, no. Like that Joey Tribbiani who farted. Look. Yeah. Like, no, I could do that for you. I'd do that. I'd take one for the team. Yeah, Cause I really loved, I had the soundtrack that I let my sister borrow my cassette tape. She takes it to school and quote unquote, it gets stolen. Right. <laughs> Cut to her two weeks later in her car, jamming out to Concrete Blonde, and everybody knows the boat is sinking. Everybody <laughs> knows that the captain died or lied or whatever the hell goes. Anyway, the point is, I like that movie. <laughs> and I liked Cuffs. And then we watched it. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Mm. <sighs> so, anyway, on that note. <laughs> Do you, do you have any um, informational, contacty kind of? Uh, yeah, no words. <laughs> of course, first and foremost, check us out on iTunes. Uh, find us at Forgotten Flicks. That's F L I X um, on iTunes. Uh, give us a review. Let us know what you thought. Rate us. Write us up a little. Uh, uh, hey, great job, fellas! And uh, that helps us get more listeners and more people that have to suffer through the same thing you just suffered through. Um, you can also find us at ForgottenFlix.com. All of our contact information is there, or you can jet on over to Facebook and join us there. We've got a couple of different places. Indeed. Uh, and find us. And, uh, and Twitter. Yep. Uh, all, that, all that's on the, the, the um, website. Twitter. Good point. It is. And I do want to add, before you have the final word, I want to add, check out Beyond the Playlist. Hosted a new podcast hosted by our buddy Hammond. Ah, yep. And yep. more importantly, our very own Mr. Jason Grooms was <laughs> one of his first interview subjects. I would like to point out before even me, <laughs> which is fine because Jason got to talk lots and lots about forgotten flicks. And I'm hoping that when the day comes and I'm on there, I won't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be like he's gonna say so we forgot inflicts uh, what oh you're talking about that that thing that I did so many years ago <laughs> what are you talking about I'm gonna be actually if I ever do go on it should just be difficult just be just be difficult yeah yeah like you know oh. as opposed to how I usually am <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes check out beyond the playlist Hammond it's great he's four four episodes and you're you're episode four right uh, yes I'm episode yep. four. Uh, you'll be coming up. He does a great job. He's actually kind of looking at uh, what motivates people in the creative process. Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool idea. It's a very cool. Yeah, idea. it's it's neat. So um, I was happy to be part of it, and I think it's uh, it's a cool concept. I'm I'm glad to help him out. So yep. beyond the playlist with Jay Hammond C is what it's actually called. Yeah, and check it on iTunes and uh, subscribe to it and leave him 
a review after, after, after you leave ours. Yeah. Five stars for both. Please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my friend, any final inspiring words? Yes. Love and kisses to all your pink parts. 